Coffee with Your Therapist podcast is sponsored by MindGuard Mental Health Tracking and Management. We help psychotherapists and their clients by enabling the clients to report on their mental health while waiting to enter therapy. We are particularly focused on young people and university-aged people, and we will be very interested in talking to clinics and services who address this sector. The benefits to the therapist is that when their client enters therapy, you will already have a deep background profile of how the client perceives their own mental health. The benefit for the client is that they will receive encouraging and supportive feedback while they are waiting to start therapy. Please contact Dr. Edel Crean via LinkedIn for more information. Thank you. Okay, Moed, I'm going to mispronounce your name a few times, but... Won't, won't be the first. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, and I've got two very interesting guys here um, who have quite uh, insights both into business and into mental health because they, they're putting themselves in a pretty stressful situation. So uh, Moed and Mark uh, from Hayon, which is a startup company, um, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Pat. Always good to chat to you. Right, yeah, no, and um, the maybe just tell us a little bit about your backgrounds first to give the audience some idea of uh, who you are. Yeah, um, I can kick it off. So, um, um, I'm Moed Hamza, so I'm, uh, um, I suppose, a doctor by training, um, um, graduated from uh, Galway, when it used to be called NUI Galway. Um, and, uh, you know, since then I've had a, a mix of, uh, you know, clinical um, research and, and industry background. So more rec- most recently uh, working, developing uh, new, new drugs from the idea stage to taking them to, uh, to late stage development with, with the goal of getting effective drugs on the market. Right, right. So it's a pretty complex process in the long, long term in terms of startup time. And what about yourself, Mark? Yeah, I am um, so boy qualified chartered accountant, did audit management consultant there. I've been in startups for about twenty years. Um after that, I've uh, been working with Moyet for nearly ten years in the trenches of uh, drug discovery, drug development. Um so yeah, that's how uh, we've been working together for, for for that period and just got on well, complementary skill set and just started to explore doing different projects ourselves. That's how we came about um with Hayon. Right, and you're in the life sciences area. So, what does Hayon do? What What are your plan? What are your plans for Hayon? Yeah, so so Hayon is uh, is the company we started uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, and what we're doing is we're, we're developing a uh, a cell therapy that has a has a has a wide range of applications for different diseases to so to allow us to develop treatments for these conditions and. And really, our, our first uh, our first target um, is uh, is called neonatal HIE. So this is a, a condition that affects infants, um, and one of the leading causes of uh, of of mortality and you know and long term disability for infants uh, around the world. Um, so what we're doing now is we are taking that really promising data uh, that uh, from from the lab, taking it into the clinic. Um, so that we can 
provide uh, a good treatment where one doesn't exist right now for for very vulnerable infants. Yeah, just to add, so this has been worked on for about 10 years uh, out of the University in Australia. So um, we've we've acquired it and uh, looking to advance it now. Okay, so um, as anyone who knows anything about life sciences, this, these are long-term approval processes and require a lot of patience. So, you know, can you tell us a bit about the life cycle you expect before the uh, solution hits the market as a commercial uh, solution? Yeah, you know, as you know, these things, you know, take time and, uh, like you said, time and patience. And uh, and the one thing that you have to be prepared for is there are always a few bumps along the way. So it's a process that takes years, but it it comes with uh, it's a it's a journey in of itself um, where you're hitting different different milestones, you know, that tell you yes, we're we're on track. Um, but at the end, what we hope is that within within the space of uh, around uh, five years that we have an, a treatment that works, that's available uh, for um, for really a very uh, vulnerable uh, patient group that doesn't really have much at the moment. Well, yeah, it's a very exciting project, to be honest, like particularly emotional um, outcomes. So, um, yeah, you just mentioned, Moed, that uh, you have, these are long-term projects you require a lot of patience. There's bumps. So your own um, resilience and outlook on the project, how do you guys maintain that? What's what's your strategy to maintain focus? And, sorry, my dog is starting off down there. So what's your strategy to maintain focus and resilience over these, these projects? Yeah, I think that's something individual. So I'm sure Mark will say different things to myself um, and uh, and a lot of my outlook, if you again, if you ask, uh, if you ask other people, my, you did tell you my outlook is wrong. Uh, but <laughs> what works for me, I suppose, is um, you know, start the day with a with a cup of coffee. That's usually the most important thing, and then <laughs> and then from there, uh, you know, just work in things that you know keep you keep you sane, and uh, you know, fam family helps. I've uh, you know, we've I've young children, you know, that really keep keep you grounded, uh, you know, very honest, give you, you know, about all your flaws and uh, hopefully sometimes good things as well. And, and then, you know, for me, you know, finding some time, you know, for, you know, whatever works for you. For me, I think a, a bit of exercise, uh, maybe just some time to take yourself out of it uh, is important as well. And what sort of, what sort of exercise do you do? Um, not nothing too complicated. If I can manage it to get to the get to the gym a, a couple of times a week, um, but I think even then, you, you, there's a noticeable difference. You know, I might be a, a bit a little bit uh, less cranky, maybe a bit more agreeable. Mark might uh, might think, um, but uh, but really, it's just about taking yourself out of it, doing something that uh, that gives you gives you a little bit of space, so that you know you, you're not fully focused a hundred percent of the time on. Um, uh, on you know the the work which is important, but you have to get yourself uh, mm -hmm. some other space as well. Um, yeah, boys and boys not usually as cranky as me, but um, no, I think I think uh, you notice that people around you will kind of kind of indicate to you as well if you need to kind of pull back, if you need to take an evening off, if you uh, you know. For myself, I think 
because I, if I'm slowing down making decisions or, you know, I, I think it's time to take a break, you know, and, and come back at hard the next day. So in terms of how to like, like exercise, I, I recently joined Cranky Croaks up in Kilmacud, so I'm, I'm playing Gaelic uh, football for the first time in, in my early 40s. <laughs> and, uh, and they're a great group of lads and uh, certainly, um, yeah, good stress relief, bit of group therapy up there. Um, but yeah, like Moyes said, I think you know people around you will, will kind of give you a heads up and, and you know, we've got some strong characters in our families around us, so they help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I know myself, it requires a lot of resilience, a lot of patience. Um, the and the family is a big factor, particularly you know in, behind every uh, male entrepreneur there's probably a strong woman, and behind every female entrepreneur there's probably some uh, maybe a male or some other support that they have. So like your domestic environment is a big factor in, if you're going to do these projects, uh, particularly if you've young kids. To be honest, I I don't know if you guys find that is that a help or a hindrance because young kids obviously. You know, you want to spend time with them, but is it sort of time where you can use the downtime for you? As you can refresh, feel refreshed after. Uh, well, absolutely. I think you know, in terms of strong women, I mean, Moya's uh, uh, wife is a doctor, and, and and my own wife is um is a similar background to myself, um, and very hardworking herself. So I think she kind of you know, there is an appreciation um of what we're doing. You know, it is a high on need to talking about vulnerable. Babies, so I think it's it's easy one to get buy in, and um, but when it comes to family, I think um, as long as they understand that uh, you know that they're important and you make their time, and then you know, so I think it's quality time, and you know, for the hour or two we have in the evening with them, we, we Moy and myself both have young families, so they're usually in bed by half seven, eight, um, which frees up the evening. But so yeah, you have to when you're there, you have you can't be on your phone, you have to be there, you know, put the phone away and, and, and give them the attention that they need, and. Um, but yeah, it's great fun. Certainly, get a lot of energy from the kids. Mm. And how do you manage your own relationship? Is um, are both of you sort of pretty? You must be pretty simpatico. You've been working on stuff for ten years. But um, um, do you have a working relationship? That how do you work out problems between yourselves or with the project? Um, I suppose some, sometimes we sometimes uh, you know Mark might mightn't agree with something I'd say, but for, but for the most part, he sees the light in the end. But uh, but no, but uh, I think more seriously, yes, you're always going to have a few things where where you have dif- different viewpoints on it, and one can bring the other around. Um, but I, I think as well, it's it's good because we're from very different backgrounds, so we're not put into, a, a, you know, we're we're not in echo chambers, so that we, you know, we're we're getting a different perspective. And again, once we go out and um, and test our ideas. Uh, you know, make sure that we keep talking to other people. Uh, it it makes the conversations that that we have a little easier as well because it, it they're they're grounded in in reality. But I think for our own relationship, it's uh, like you said, um, if if we didn't have a way to communicate clearly, you know, we we wouldn't have made the choice. You know, after working for many years to to start mm-hmm. something new new of ourselves. Yeah, no, very different backgrounds. I mean, Moy grew up in Cork, so I mean, you know, it's a world away from Dublin. But um, no, 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 quite right. I mean, in our game, we have to cover a lot of ground. There's a lot of um, like you know, where Moy would lead on, on clinical regulatory translation. I mean, you know, there's the commercial element and the patent strategy and, and strategy overall. So we're coming at it from different angles, as Moy had said. But I mean, there's a lot of 
respect in the room from working with each other for such a long time and, and kind of a lot of uh, appreciation for each other's skill sets. So, I mean, that's a very solid base. And then sometimes you don't agree it straight away. You just need to take it away and think about where the other person's coming from. And, you know, but um, mm. yeah, but it's been very, very enjoyable, um, or, you know, working with Moy. Right. Uh, one of the things that uh, I know myself, my own experience of entrepreneurship is getting feedback from the market, from customers, potential customers, or people who just know something that you don't know is really key and probably a big weakness, I think, in a lot of entrepreneurs because they're very single-minded. Uh, there's good things about being single-minded and there's bad things about it. How, you know, when you talk to potential customers, potential investors, how do you manage the if the feedback's positive, ground, if the feedback's not positive, how do you balance that against what you might consider the reality of what's actually, what you think is actually going to happen? Yeah, I suppose there, there, there are two, two ways to look at it. One is, you know, of course you want to hear those things and as early as you can. So, so what we're working on is, uh, is actually what, uh, you know, what, what, what the customer or what the patient uh, needs and what the market is telling you. And, and at the same time, then sometimes you do have to, you know, make, take a view that uh, that yes, there there we could we could try to do a hundred different things to to make it perfect, but never get there. Um, so so it's a balance, I think, where you you are tr- taking everything in, but you also have to be a little bit selective in, into what what you can practically do and what you what you can't. Yeah, I think it's also you know we're experienced at this point so you know you have to be careful who you ask the question to uh, you know are they knowledgeable and you know i think an early in your career you might be too reactionary to people because maybe they're older than you or or whatever but i think once you've been around a bit um you know the the, the right people to ask the right questions and get and get clear feedback i mean in an irish context i mean some people might shy away from explicit feedback you know, like i'm grand you're grand everyone's grand you know typical kind of Irish HR performance review is what I say to people who work with me. But um, do you want do you want an Irish one or do you want a real one? And um, sometimes, mm. sometimes you know the real one is um, yeah, it makes for an interesting conversation. But I think people get more from it. So when we go to the market and you know we have a network of people that you know in the US and in Europe and in Ireland and um, that we would respect and and have done it before and and we can get some really good value valuable lessons from it. Yeah, my, my own experience is, um, well, first of all, the, the old story is never ask your friends or family because they're going to yeah. tell you it's great. But even then, I found like professionals I know um, who are naturally entrepreneurs tend to be optimistic. And, um, you know, some of the project I think like guys said, that's a great project. And I thought it was a great project. But after a while, you begin to realize the market isn't ready for it or something like that. So it, you really have to be sort of have to listen carefully and let me just give the other side of that is with uh, dragons den and shark tank um you get these what i call performance entrepreneurs who are there to um sort of show off rather than actually give you what you might consider solid business feedback and i i blame dragons den for this you know it's just people who never have started a company will never start a company who have very strong opinions on something that you're doing that's the my personal uh gripe about getting feedback from them don't believe everything you see on tv pat <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know yeah, yeah and i think we had we uh, we you know 
I've had, had a similar experience recently where, you know, it was, you know, some, something, you know, a, a specific technical part of a project where we're having a, a discussion and afterwards the debrief is yes, uh, points, you know, one to seven are, sh- are showing off. Uh, point eight is the, you know, where the actual feedback is and then maybe ignore the rest because that's more show, showing off. So I think you, you get that in a lot of, uh, in a lot of places where you, you just have to weed through what, what is real and what's, uh, you know, what's, uh, what's coming through from the other side, really. Yeah, and I think, as you guys say, it's a, your own experience is, is a, probably a, a real way to feel if, that the uh, feedback you're getting is actually valid or, or important. So yeah. so if you met a couple of young entrepreneurs, or not even young entrepreneurs starting out, what would be your general advice be to them? Get out now. No, I think I, I think the first thing would be, you know, it, it's great, you know, to, to get into it, to get into it young. And, uh, you know, the, the more I think the more runway you have, the, the better. Um, and, uh, um, you know, I think everything that anyway, from my point of view, everything I've done has pushed me more and more in that direction. And then just like you said, to be able to listen and take feedback from people you know good, good or bad uh, because i think i think most people in the end want want to be helpful mm-hmm. um so they're not saying things out of uh, a, you know a bad place so once once you have a positive mindset but you're still able to listen i think that's a, a good starting point yeah my, my myself have helped a couple like doing a bit of mentoring um through enterprise ireland through some university potential startups so we, we met a few people that are in our space that are on earlier point um, which has been really, I mean, we get a kick out of it and we're able to help, which obviously make, makes us feel good about it. But um, being able, yeah. So I think the kind of advice part, um, I think a lot of young people these days, they, they're, you know, if I'm not a millionaire by 25, I'm a failure. Uh, you know, if I'm not the next uh, Zuckerberg or something like that, you know, I think which is a terrible place uh, to be because uh, that's, you know, it's just not the case. I and mean, these things take time. I think people, you know, they can go into entrepreneurial organizations and learn to be an entrepreneur from inside company and you know, with the safety of a of a salary and then decide then if they want to go out. Um, but I think um, the kind of advice is to to do, you know, you have to do something before you, you know, you have to act. You can't just sit there and wallow in self-pity. You, you know, you can't learn how to drive in a parked car, as someone said to me recently, but, um, or I read recently somewhere, but... Um, so I go with that. I think in terms of where they decide to work, you have to work with a great team. You have to work with someone who respects your input, who uh, who you're learning from. If you're not learning, it's time to move on. Uh, if you're not getting respected, obviously that's not a good place for you to be. It's not going to be good for your confidence. Um, and then, you know, obviously try something uh, on the side project as well to see if there's something there. I think in terms of choosing a business partner, uh, you know, it depends what kind of business it is. It mightn't be big enough for two people, like like for something like Moy and myself are doing. You know, we we have to cover a lot of ground, as I said, so we need different expertise. So it makes a lot of sense, um, and it's it's also better to do it with someone. You know, better fun, better to have it. To, like some ideas we would have generated ourselves and bounced off each other would have been a disaster. You know, and you know if you didn't have that person to kind of check in with, um, you know, it wouldn't have brought you to the right place. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I could talk all day about it, to be honest, as, as you can probably gather. But, um, you know, obviously, specific projects have specific kind of advice. But broadly speaking, I, I'd go with that, you know. Yeah, you know, I, think, I think that's good advice from both of you. 
Um, I mean, you've been you've you've uh, been at this rodeo before. You can tell. And yeah, that makes a big difference. Yeah, I, I just say to young people, especially try it. Um, yeah, yeah. Keep watch your mental health. Don't get too stressed. No one really talks too much about that in the entrepreneurial context because there's sort of a lot of hype around it. But um, you know, balance balance what you want in your life. But if you have an itch or a need to do some important project for yourself. Yeah, people who come across, I mean, it, just going back to that, they, they kind of concern will be like, well, if it doesn't work out, like, you know, the shame. I mean, the Irish are good at that, you know, but we're uh, feeling that, I should say. Um, but, I mean, in reality, no, no one cares that much, you know, because they've got their own stuff going on. You might think it's, the, you know, it's the biggest thing in the world, but in reality, you know, people are worrying about a lot of other things that, that have nothing to do with you. So it's not, you know, no harm. Makes more for more interesting interview anyway if, if you're going for other jobs. Yeah, yeah. Done you know, yeah. It's the other thing too is, you know, the, a lot of some big companies don't rate entrepreneurial uh, people that much because they really want more conformist or um, systems oriented people rather than um, there isn't maybe they don't see there's enough space in the role they have for entrepreneurship, despite what they say. Um, you know, that's my own observation. It's just mm -hmm. the fact of life. There's there's yeah. company people and. Yeah, and I mean, if that's the culture, if that's the sense you get, then that's probably not a good a good company for you. If you if you have that entrepreneurial mindset, you know, you can have an entrepreneur entrepreneurial mindset and not be an entrepreneur. I mean, that's okay, but you should at least be with a company that that values it. And I agree with you. Not all companies do, and they very much want to just uh, run the control and and, and and pigeonhole you. And so you need to go in with your eyes open. Yeah. Okay. So the. That's really thanks, guys, for coming across and um, sort of laying out, you know, your own experience and what you know. I think you've been very practical, very, you know, honest about what what you've um, gone through. And in terms of who, who you're looking for right now, what's your next step? Well, hang on, what do you, what do you need to do? Yeah, so really, I think for for us, the next step is to, you know to take this from uh, from uh, a, a treatment in the lab to get it closer to getting into clinical trials. So there's a, a bit of work involved in that. So both from, you know, getting the clinical side ready, working on our product and, uh, and, you know, with, you know, with any new treatment, there's a, there's a big re regulatory requirement. So, so that's a, a big piece of work. Um, you know, we're making great strides and, uh, and this time next year, we hope to be in a position where we can say that, uh, you know, this isn't uh, a treatment that's, you know, uh, five years from being approved for a patient, maybe uh, four years, or if we can make it even faster than that. Um, so so that's that's where we are from the Heian side. Uh, and I think and I think then, uh, you know, outside of that, like you said, uh, you know, keeping an eye on the big picture of, uh, yes, we've the go our goals with Heian, but then, you know, just having some some personal goals as well. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, for in race day, and I think next year, like we 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 we've uh, just signed a, a letter of intent with NIBERT, um, National Institute for Bioprocessing Research and Training. So, um, we we'll need to form some strategic partnerships to, to advance the therapy. Um, these things usually take you know nearly ten years from concept to 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 um, to market, but because there's ten years of research in it, and because it's a rare pediatric indication, as we as Moya said, it would be more like the five year term. So yeah, to advance it, and and yeah, looking forward to 2024, seeing where, where this journey takes us.
Okay, very good. So you, uh, you'd be interested in talking to partners or investors or just have a general conversation with anyone who's got an interest in, in what your project? Yeah, I think, like, I mean, the program we were on with Vanguard, uh, you know, has opened up our European network. So we already have a US network. So just introducing the, the project to them and, and, and getting their feedback. Um, yeah, so, uh, so far, so good. So, yeah, let's see where, where we get to next year. Yeah, and if anyone if anyone's interested, you know we, we're easy to find um, on on LinkedIn, uh, or, you know, or or you can find other ways to to reach us as well. Yeah, we put some information on the show card so you can reference that too. So uh, in the podcast, you get to talk a little bit about music, which is generally something people find uh, have a common uh, a commonality with, and you get to nominate the playout song. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have got. Yeah, so um, I think uh, we we went with um, um, public uh, service broadcasting Everest, um, you know, as a as a theme theme song to, to 2024. Um, just catchy tune, upbeat, um, you know, has some interesting lyrics in terms of cutting footsteps in the roof of the world. It kind of, I think, it complements a, a discovery platform, and uh, yeah, good for the energy levels. So you can see from the song Pat that uh, you know my I'm here to keep things grounded and Mark is uh, you know cutting uh, footsteps in the roof of the world so uh, that's where the balance comes in. <laughs> certainly you, down, certainly you know, optimistic. <laughs> that's it. You have to be. All right, brilliant guys. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast and uh, good luck with the project. All right, cheers, Pat. All the best. Yes, thanks very much. Once there was a mountain called Peak Fifteen. Nothing was known about it. But in 1852, the surveyors found it was the highest in the world, and they named it Everest. Thank you.